0: God is good. It has been so busy last month and a half. Oh my goodness, I feel like we had guests every Sunday. Something going on every Sunday. And it has been six weeks since I came and shared a message. I feel out of rhythm. Out of rhythm, you know. And uh, just to let you know, this morning at 6.30, I felt a need to change the message. So this is... Uh, at least fresh in my heart. but It is not a new message. It is a message that God has spoken to us many times in our church, the story we well know. Uh, this year we began really by really saying one of the words God has given to me, to us, is by faith we'll enter this year. By faith. Remember the first message I shared the first Sunday of the month, a year, saying by faith. We looked at uh, Hebrews 11, where, uh, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Moses, by faith, and how um, we are to walk and live our lives. Uh, Yeah. The title of the message is, Your Faith Has Made You Whole. Uh, Let me pray a little bit. Father, we just come humbly this afternoon. We come to see you, meet with you, worship you. We honor you, God. Father, I ask this afternoon, not for a good, wonderful, powerful message, more than that we ask for your nearness and presence. We want to see you. We want to hear you. We want you to draw near. As you promise in your word to Moses and, and in the Old Testament, that you will come and meet us here and speak to us here, God. We, we, we are in new and better covenant through Jesus Christ, that you will come and meet us here. We love you, we honor, we give this time to you. But I ask that you will be with my mouth. It will be concise, clear and short. Most, most, mostly honoring unto you. We give you glory, glory to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I realize you all were happy when I said, I asked God that it will be short. Well, we'll see what happens, whether, whether I will obey God or not, right? All right. Um, your faith has made you whole. Now, let me just remind us. Hebrews chapter 11, 1 and 2, the chapter of faith begins by saying, Now, Faith is assurance of the things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, men and women of old gain approval. This is how God's people through the centuries found their approval in God. This is NASB version, my favorite version. In Living Bible, it says, What is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is a certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. In, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, something amazing it says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. It is impossible to please God without faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he exists and that He is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. Now today, we want to look at a story in the Bible, a very familiar story that highlights how important faith is. You may even say this is the steps to receive miracle from God as well, blessing from God. I want to look at, uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34, this is a, a story of a woman, the miracle that Jesus did for this woman recorded in all three Gospels. We want to look at Mark chapter 5, verse twenty-four through 25 through 34. I'm going to read it quickly in NLT version, and then I want to go slowly, pick words at a time, words by word, and I want to do a little bit of Bible study and want to gain some biblical principles out of it. Okay? Amen. Okay. God is good. All right. Let's let's read. A woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She has suffered a great deal from many doctors. Over the years she has spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Does this, does, this, does this sound like some people we know? Sounds sound like one of our friends, saw me. Not that she suffered through the, by the doctors, but, you know, and seems like nothing working. Anyhow, she had heard about Jesus. I wish there was a word here, but she had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. If I just touch his robe, I will be healed. That's what she thought. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once the bleeding Healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, "Who touched my? <laughs> Whoa, right? Who touched my robe? Who touched? You know, I couldn't have, could have asked for better. You know, uh, sound, sound effect, right? Who touched my robe?" He said. Very interesting. Now, in a, as you read this story, this amazing things happening here. His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask? Who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the, at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he, Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. I want you to, I want us to take time to look a little bit and pick some of the things, highlight a few things. And I, as, I read, as I look at this story, I see, as I consider this story, there are a lot of things that God is telling us about. Who God is, the faith that's needed, and how amazing God is. We'll see some of these things. Let me look by looking at verse, we didn't read. Verse, uh, one verse prior to the story, 524, it says, And Jesus went off with him. The person is his Jairus, who is a, a synagogue leader, and a large crowd was following him and pressing on him. The, really, what happened before this story was that now, um, in chapter 5, earlier in the chapter, Jesus was in, in another city across the sea, across the lake, where a demon, man possessed by demons, many demons, was. Deliver God, Jesus set him free. You know, the, you, you know the story how this man was tormented, living by the tombs, always trying to kill himself and all that. And Jesus comes and, and, and Jesus cast the demon out of the guy. And Jesus, before that, he does, says that Jesus, talked to him, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion. Legion means multitude of you know, armies. You know, he says, Legion because of many in him. And, and, and the demon-possessed man, the spirit within him said, do not kick us out of this land, let us go into the pigs. There were the pigs nearby, it went into 2,000 pigs, and the whole pigs fell off the cliff and drowned, and the man became totally sane, totally sane. He was healed, he was made right, and he was delivered from demonic oppression." But the amazing thing in the story that sometimes you pass by is when the town people heard about it, saw the miracle, they got so fearful, they asked Jesus, can you go away? When they asked Jesus to stay and have more miracles happen, Jesus said, could you please go away? They asked him to leave. And then the, that man, delivered man, now saying, and he says, can I follow you? Jesus said, no, I want you to go back to town and tell people what God has done for you. And he goes and tells people. Now Jesus comes over the other side of the lake, sea, because the people wanted him to leave. I don't, I don't know, some, somehow funny thing is, is that God has done an amazing thing. A person is healed. A person who was demonized for many years has been set free. But yet the people in the town were scared, asked Jesus to leave. It's almost like when Jesus went to His hometown, Nazareth, and Jesus couldn't do many miracles because people didn't believe him. Almost like that, isn't it? Now Jesus comes over to the side. Now uh, a man named Jairus comes. He is a synagogue leader. He comes. He he falls on his knees, desperate. He says, Jesus, my daughter is dying. Will you come and lay your hands and she'll be healed? And Jesus now, hearing him, he goes with the man. That's what it is. Jesus went off with him, Jairus, And large crowd of people were following Jesus. Not only that, they, they were pressing in on him. I don't know if you have ever seen that. You know, uh, a couple of weeks, a week and a half ago, Pastor Mimi and I were in Texas for our denominator conference. One of the very well-known uh, worship leaders, Shane A. Shane, was were leading the worship. Four sessions. I, I, you know, I, I, I felt like running up and, and you know, taking pictures. Like a groupie. And, this, you know, all, and all the other people, most of the attendants there, attendees were older people. They didn't know who Shane and Shane was. They weren't impressed. We were impressed. I, we took the video and put it up on Facebook. And Brock said, why didn't you tell me Shane and Shane is coming? He, he, he's my favorite worship leader, he says. Anyway. You know, uh, when you see a sometimes famous, well-known people, people come. Jesus, people are coming around Jesus. They heard about what he has done, how he healed the sick, how he healed the leper, how he stopped the—he—he uh, he stopped uh, you know, uh, the, the wind and the waves, how all the miracles he has done, they heard about him, now they are all following Jesus to see what he's going to do. A lot of people are pressing in on Jesus. If I was was there, I would have just said, you you know, touch him a little bit. You know what I mean? Or like do a selfie. I was with Jesus. You know, that thing, right? People are pressing on him. But now something happens in the next verse. Look at this verse. It says, A woman who has been suffering for 12 years, Suffered for a long time. She's been bleeding, hemorrhaging for 12 years. And she went to get help anywhere, everywhere possible. And he said, look what he says." She endured much at the hands of many physicians. Not only was the sickness was, you know, bad, but the doctors were trying to help her, made it very difficult for her. Let me stop right here. Pastor Mimi is walking back because I'm too loud. (laughs) You know, when we were at the conference, there were four well-known, amazing speakers. One person screamed through the whole message. It was a good message, but it bothered me. I couldn't listen to him. He was screaming all the time. I looked at Pastor Mimi. Are you looking at me? And I feel I'm always screaming at you. In the name of preaching, I feel I'm always screaming. Let me talk to you a little bit, rather than screaming, okay? Let me talk, let me calm down a little bit, okay? Here, this woman suffered 12 years. At the hand, not only was it a difficult disease, but which made her unclean, and which made her uh, socially you know, uh, not acceptable to people. She couldn't live with other people because the law said she could not. And she was, she was doing everything to be healed. Nothing got better. Nothing helped. Not only that, she spent all the resources she had to do all this. And not, nothing helped. And it actually gotten worse. Often this is true in our life. So many things in our life. We do everything we can to make it better. It doesn't get better, does it? It is fact of life. It's not always the case. You know, uh, I remember when I shared same text about three years ago. Three years ago, literally, I remember sharing the text. I remember sharing the, this message because one of our sisters, Erin, was dying of cancer. We prayed hard. We prayed every, week, every day. I spoke, preached, looked at the word and preached the message of faith off and through the whole season. And until the last moment when she was in hospice, I prayed and I believed that God will heal her. She still passed away at young, 57 years old. And I remember that. You know, it was a really difficult time. But I've seen where often this is true in life, where we have problems we cannot handle. We cannot manage with our own strength. We need a Savior. There was a testimony that my son-in-law, Michael, gave about my grandson, Xavier, who was three and a half years old, the little boy knew with his own limited understanding, his heart was filled with fear and nobody could help him. So only Jesus could help. And how he asked Jesus to come into his heart and take the fear away, and Jesus did. That's what, that's what salvation is, in a very simple way. He didn't know everything about Jesus, but realizing I need help, I cannot do it on my own. Jesus is the only way. Look at what it says. but after all that she heard about this man, rabbi named Yeshua, a rabbi from small town in north Nazareth, apparently. the story went about that he had power from God to heal. He proclaimed. Taught the word of God, kingdom of God, with wisdom, such wisdom, he had authority like no one else. When he spoke, the demons fled. When he spoke, heaven's truth came down. Hearts were open. And people and and, and Jesus, would, this, Jesus would do the things nobody has ever done. When a leper came against all the common law, Jesus touched and healed the guy. They heard about this rabbi named Yeshua. How he was on the boat and how he calmed the raging sea and stopped the wind that's blowing. They heard about this rabbi named Yeshua. Hearing about him, something happened in her. Something grew up in her, saying, maybe there's a hope. Maybe there's a hope. And she came up, and because the hope she came, she came up through the crowd and touched his cloak. Now, I want you to see this. She, she heard about Jesus and heard about how Jesus is in town. You know, there are people everywhere. And she was not supposed to be in public touch anyone because if she touches anyone, they become unclean. She come very quietly and she pushed through. She pushed through. And she came and, I don't know, touched the cloak, touched the robe. She did. Now, I, don't, I don't even thought about it. Why do you think she did that? Why didn't she just come in front and say, Jesus, I need you to heal me? Why didn't she do that? Think about that. I think a couple things, but a couple, you know, right up the bat, a couple of thought is because at the time, the, the, issue, the problem she had, she was not supposed to be in public touching people. She was unclean. And she didn't even know whether Jesus will, would, would he be nice to her? Would he stop to heal her? There are a lot of different questions, but she was thinking, but she thought, if I come, this man, Rabbi, had power from God. He can heal me. And she pushed through the crowd and came in, came in and touched this cloak. She she said, if I just even touch his garment, I will be healed. As if the power is in the garment. You know, a little bit of magic right in there. It's a thought of a magical thing, right? If I just touch whatever, we have have done that. You know, um, somehow, I don't know why, but people like getting you know, some, some ba- basket, basketball superstar's shirt or things, I wouldn't want would it. It smells. Somebody sweating everything. Why would you want that? People do. She thought if I just touch him, the power that he has will heal will me. Is, is this not a perfect understanding theology? It is not. It is not good understanding, but she did believe. That he had power from God to heal. She believed just that. Did not know a lot about Jesus? Just believed one thing, that he had power from God. He is sent by God. He had power to heal. That's all she believed. And she came, and she pushed through and touched. If I just touch his garment, I will get well. Now you have to understand, you know, I wish we could have a Bible study. I could have a chalkboard to show things. Because this story is in sandwich in between a bigger story about Jairus' daughter. His faith was if, he said, please come and lay your hands on my daughter. She's dying. And when you, you lay your hands, she'll be healed. This is why Jesus went with her, with him. But his faith was, you need to come and lay your hands. That she will be my daughter will be healed. That's his faith. Her faith was, if I just go and touch him, his, his cloak, I'll be healed. Remember the centurion who had an amazing faith, Jesus commended? Jesus, I know who you are. You have authority. Just say the word, and my, my servant will be healed. Content of faith is a little different. Her faith was, if I just touch his cloak, I'll be healed. If just touch him, just touch him. Look what it says. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. I don't know. I put up a little post, a uh, YouTube post on my Facebook because I saw something that uh, Francis Chan shared about a week ago. You know, Francis Chan was with my son-in-law, Michael and others in Myanmar about, about a month ago in that outreach in Myanmar. You know, they are part of the team. You know, and so um, and, and he 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 gave a message and shared at the Moody Bible Church and talked about what happened there. How in the story, he talked about how he, uh, you know, know, he was in the tradition where he doesn't really believe in miracles or not, but lately he's been thinking about, when I look at the Word of God, it must be true. And he prayed for healing before nothing ever worked. This time when he went to Myanmar in a a village where the gospel never went, and when he went, he, he realized Christ is in me and God is in me. What will Christ do? He'll he proclaim the gospel, he'll heal the sick, he'll cast the demons. Amen. Jesus said, oh, he, he, that We who we believe in him will do the things he does, and even greater things he, he did, we say, he will say we will do. He began to preach the gospel, and he said, You know what? Anybody People came out to be prayed for, healed, and he said, I. Everyone I laid hands, got healed. Everyone I laid hands, said, he said, "Guys, this is crazy. I've never done this. I, you know, this is not me. This is not normal." And I lay, and a girl who was totally deaf came, and when I lay in and prayed for her, she begins to weep because she's hearing for the first time in her life. People are healed. Everyone I touched got healed. I'm imagining this to say our faith, grow, our faith in our God grows by hearing about what, who God is, what He has done. Our faith grows. Faith comes from hearing of Christ, what He has done, His word, what He has done, and this our faith grows. And, and, and I'm hearing about it, what God is doing all over the world and amazing, and a person who would never believe in this thing, who didn't do any of those, and seen God does in his life. And this this is what he's talking about, and this is what happened to the woman. She heard about Jesus, what he did. Right? Uh, Let me go on. Uh, And it says, immediately after when she pushed and touched him, immediately, the flow of her blood stopped, dried up, and she fell in a body that she was healed. Something happened right over right 10, and she knew that she was healed. Amazing miracle, miracle, right? Miracle, right? Miracle. Okay, and then you said, and then something else happened immediately. Look at this is a crazy verse here. Crazy verse here. Jesus, immediately, Jesus perceiving in himself that the power. Proceeding from him had gone out. I said, so Jesus is walking, and somebody, and so she, he felt a power that went out from him. He didn't know, he, didn't, he was not planning to heal her right then, but he said, he, he felt the power that was in him went out. Turn around, and the people that said, Who touched me? <laughs> Who touched me? I wish that I had a video to sort of see what he looked. Was he angry? Who touched me? (laughs) Was he smiling? Who touched me? I don't know. Was he smiling? Was he angry? He asked. Who touched me? Look at what the disciples said. Jesus. No, 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 let me me stop here. I need to stop here. I, I remember mentioning this before. What? What really shocked me was this is a miracle. She got from Jesus without his own permission. She stole a miracle from Jesus. Of course, she allowed it, but she stole, she stole a miracle from Jesus. She got a miracle from Jesus without asking him. She stole a miracle. Look at this. The power went out, gone out from him. And Jesus asked, who touched me? Why did he ask? Why do you think he asked? Was he upset that somebody used him? He felt used? Was he upset that somehow somebody took something from him without his knowledge? Why? And the thing is that I don't think it was because he was trying to accuse her or or condemn a condemned person who did it. I really believe he wanted to affirm what happened. He wanted to encourage what happened. Want wanted to bless the person who did this thing. And you, know, and, you know, my mind goes in, you know, if you think of it philosophically, did just know this would happen? Probably did. But he allowed it, and he acted as if he did not know. You can, you can think that way, but Jesus said, somebody, who touched me? He looked. Look what it says. And his disciples said to Jesus, you see everyone here, they're pressing on you. they already, they're touching you. Everybody's touching you. And you say, who touched me? Doesn't make sense. Everybody's touching you. Everybody's touching you. You see the guy next to you, he's touching you. He's rubbing against you. Now, this is what makes me think, think about it. There are many people who brush their arms with Jesus, who touched Jesus, nothing happened. The are people who came near and who heard Jesus speak, nothing happens. But there are people who come to Jesus, they hear and they are healed. The are people who come, who touch Jesus, and they are healed. But there are many who are not. This makes me think about this. You see, we are talking about faith. You know, I've been following Francis Chan for a little bit. He's a little younger than me. And I've been following him because some of the, the uh, struggles you're having, the journey he's taking, we, I get to really resonate what's happening in him. You see, the thing is that the, the Christian, Chris, Christianity in the West, the way he uses it is we are like foodies. You know foodies, right? We have we, we are like, Christians are like foodies, where we, you know, we, we have so much food out there. We pick and choose. I like that. I like, a I like cross you know, croissant from there, not from here. We pick and choose. We like yogurt from this place, whatever. You know, I like steak from, not root crust. I don't like it. Too salty. I like from mortons. Whatever. And we, we, we are foodie. And he, he talked about how he visited Kenya, and some African nation when he got there. And there's a big crowd of people gathered. And she saw some woman screaming and yelling and going berserk. And found out her son right in front of her, right in front of her, totally like a bone, bone and skeletons, just died in front of her because of malnourishment. He said, what if I if could have just come a little earlier to feed that person would have died? But yet in America, we have so much food, we are foodies. You know, we're all over the world. people have never heard the gospel, but yet in America, we hear gospel so many times. We like this person preaching. Oh, he's too long. He's too loud. I don't like his illustrations. You know, we have, we, we go home and listen to podcasts. We hear all the great people out there, and we do this thing. This is America, and yet what i what I'm saying, what I'm hearing is that do I see the genuine faith? genuine Christian life in America, in our country, as I see in different places where things are difficult. That's the thing. Many people come, even rob against Jesus, nothing happens. Many people come to church and and tread the floors of the church and come and worship. Nothing happens. Some of you are not touching God at all. Isn't that true? It doesn't bother you. It's been bothering me. I believe in God, I trust in God, and I love God, but yet how often I know that I am still, something is lacking, and somehow I am not where I ought to be. Now, here, that's what they're getting at here. Jesus is still looking, and he is putting a notice on something. I want you to, I, I want you to he is trying to pinpoint something. Somebody who touched her, touched him, which made difference. There's a touch that is so much more than a touch. There's a touch that changes everything. There's a touch that really touches someone. There's a touch which, which just touches nothing. The touch that changes everything. Amen? Amen? There's a touch that really, when you really touch someone. I'm old. This reminds me of when, what do you call, a um, uh, te- telephone company used to have a, you know, uh, some uh, commercial like 40 years ago. We out and touch someone, meaning call somebody on your phone. Nobody does that anymore. We use cell phones. Yeah, nobody dials a phone and calls somebody anymore. Anyway, there's a touch which is more than a touch. Jesus is saying t- merely pointing something. There is something she did where she really touched Jesus. You see, her touch brought two things together, faith and Jesus. Her touch brought faith and Jesus. You see, her touch was more than a touch. It was a faith that came, brought her to Jesus, touching Jesus. When we touch Jesus, everything changes, isn't it? It's a song we sing. When you, when, you, when you come into the room, right? I'm, I'm butchering the words again. When you come into the room, everything changes. When he, when he comes, everything changes. When we touch Jesus, when we draw near. And the thing is, how do we touch Jesus? How do we draw near to God? Didn't Hebrews 11, 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God? And everyone who comes to him must believe that he is. He is reward of those who earnestly seek him. Right? And now, so Jesus is looking. But the woman is not scared scared and fearful and trembling. Oh, She knows what happened to her. And she comes and fell down before Jesus and tells him the whole thing, what happened. I believe in Luke in verse it says, When woman saw that she had, could not escape, escape notice, she came trembling and fell down before him, declared in the presence of everyone the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. She told everyone why she came and did what she did and how she was healed. Talked about that and all that. You see, Jesus was looking to see not only where she was, so that she would give her testimony. Tell a story what, what God has done, what Jesus has done. What Jesus has done. You know, you know one of the things, after this chapter 5 of Mark, you'll look everywhere, you'll find people trying to come and touch Jesus, his cloak. Because what she told, the testimony she told, people heard about it, many others later tried to come and do the same thing she did. Our testimonies honors God. Testimonies encourages others to seek God in the way you sought God. That's what God, Jesus was doing. Who touched me? Who touched me? So that she could tell a story. Who touched me? The faith. And I want you to hear what Jesus says. He, he speaks to her. Look at the word. He didn't say Woman. Remember when Jesus was on the cross and just dying and tells Mary, his mom, woman, your son, told John, your mom. And remember he called his mom woman. Here Jesus calls that lady daughter. More endearing words, isn't it? Daughter, daughter of what? Daughter of God. You are not cursed. You are daughter of God. Your faith has, has made you well, as NASB says. In King James, it says, Your faith has made you well, whole. Made you whole. Not just well, but whole. Literally, the Greek word for made you well really is saved. Sozo, which means "save." Literally means daughter your faith has saved you. You see, salvation is more than just we going to heaven. It involves healing, involves restoration. You see, often you'll find, made you well, oh, use the word, it was for salvation as well. For her, God Jesus said, I, your faith has made you well, made you whole. You are saved. Go in peace. Be healed of your Affliction. He, she, he declared it. He, she felt how she, she was healed. Jesus declares it. It will not come back to her anymore. And Jesus says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. In this story, really, God is highlighting to us. We come to God through faith. Believe in Him. Faith in Him. I'll tell you, uh, one of the struggles that, you know, uh, we've been having, we've been praying for one of our brothers in our church. We know I, I'll just name it. You know, Philip has been having uh, some mental issues, depression, and whatnot. We've been praying for him about six years already, and we we pray for him. We we I, we're trying to see how we can help him as much as possible. At this point, we do not know how things will get better. We do not know. We come to a place where God. We have no answers because doctors do not know what to do. Psychologists do not know what to do. And all they can do is lock them up, give them some medication. We do not know what to do. And, and here, oh, just like this woman who had no hope, but hearing about Jesus, comes to Jesus. But we filled with stories of people by faith who acted. You see, faith acts. Faith acts. The true faith results in action. Faith is not just believing something. Faith actually does something because she believed that he is able to heal. She, she came. She broke through. She pushed through to come to Jesus. You know, amen. This is true. And for Philip, I do not know, but we, were, we are coming and asking God. Somebody said this thing. Open, we are asking God to do something for us. When God, is, God wants to do something through us. Does it make sense? You're asking God to do things for us when he, got, when he is wanting to do things through us. I mean, I remember we, we, we believe in healing. We do pray for people. And I, because I believe in healing, we, I believe in laying hands and praying for people. I don't do the healing. God does. I come trusting God that he will do. And we keep on praying for Rana for 12 years and two months because we know God can still do it. We come and pray. We don't just say pray, we pray in words. far away. We actually go and lay hands and pray for her, asking God he will do. But whether God will heal or not is up to him. What time he will do, when he will do, I do not know. But we, what we do, we believe in who God is. We come. We come. And I come. In the place of trusting in God. That i reminded that, that reminded me of the story that I just mentioned about Francis Chen. Let me go back to the story I told you a little bit. In the story his sister, actually, when he was young, when he became a Christian, began to read the Bible. He said, when I read the Bible, he said, the Bible is, is it exciting. He says, I can move mountains. If a faith, you can to the mountain, mind to the mountain and move. He said, he actually went to the room and locked the door. He tried it. I'm going to move things today. He said, I'm going to move things today. I'm going to move chair. It didn't work. Let's try pencil and paper. It didn't work. And then later, some people said, well, Jesus didn't really mean that. And more and more people say, you know, that's not what Jesus really meant. Somehow we taught people saying, you know what? Bible says it, but he doesn't really do that. Not really. But as you study the word of God. If God is true, these things must be true. He prayed for people, and nothing happened. But he pressed in. And so God does miracle. He he said in the testimony, God, I don't want to leave this place. I I see you moving here. I don't want to leave this place. Anyhow, what I'm getting at is, if faith leads to action, we come, we lay hands, we pray. Ask God to do what He can do. Faith is coming and touching God. And we come to God by faith. We press in. We press in to God, draw near. This is what uh, Charles Spurgeon, I think 19th century, is one of the most uh, well-known preacher. Here is a great marvel of it. Little as was her knowledge, great as was her unbelief. Astounding as was her misconception of the, her Lord, yet her faith, because it was real faith, saved her. Real faith. Real faith. You see, she didn't know everything about Jesus. She probably knew very little about Jesus. But she believed that he is from God and he had power to heal. It's a simple that. Jesus healed him, healed her. We come today because he, we look at our God. He is God who heals, God of miracles, God who saves. That's His name. God who is with us. That God says, "Come, draw near." And how often, how many promises given us? Saying, "Whatever we ask the Father in My name, He will give it to you." Whatever what we ask the Father, whatever we ask, I will do it for you. How many times He, he has promised? Become believing that he is. I don't know what kind of problems, issues that you are needing to break, needing breakthrough for in your life. I want to invite you today to come. Draw near by faith. Press in. Press in. Draw near. Touch him. Draw near. Look at this picture I found. Uh, Nice drawing. And, he's in a, and he said to her, "Daughter, your faith has made you well. Just, just a little bit, of, just a little bit. Touch a little bit." Am going mistaken? Have the priest and come? I don't know where you are. I don't know what issues, some things that you really need God to come and into your life. And, and uh, we'll be going, our church will be, we'll be going into 40 days of campaign. I like the title, Time to Dream. Time to Dream. I don't know what you're dreaming about. I don't know what I'm dreaming about. What I'm dreaming about is real Christian life. What I'm dreaming about is a church that is real, that knows, how, how, knows their Lord. I'm dreaming about a community that actually lives as God called us to live. I don't know what you're dreaming about. Yes, I want blessings in my life, but what I want is genuine life and faith that is in God. I want my life to count. I want my life to honor God and give glory to God. It's time to dream. It happens through faith and trust in God For without faith it is impossible to please God He said If anyone who comes to Him must believe that He is He is He is reward of those who earnestly seek Him Do you seek Him? Do you you draw near? Do you press in by faith? Let me let I want to say something I, want, I need to say one, one thing. I, I tell you, about a couple of weeks ago, uh, one Sunday night, somebody texted me, Pastor Q, are you praying on Monday? You know, Monday, I usually take a day off. I pray morning Tuesday to Friday, but Mondays, I sometimes I go to college park and pray at school. But, you know, this, you know I wasn't going to go to college park yet that, that Monday, so somebody texted me, are you praying tomorrow? Yes, I am. Okay, and the, per, the person showed up, brought his country partner I had a revival today because we your five of us praying in the room I was so happy usually me, me by myself praying here crying out to the Lord and since then the person the not the person who texted me the other person showed up every morning praying with me I, you know I'm, 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 I have a soft spot for people praying in the morning okay soft spot the morning prayers and I tell you because for me it is take giving my first day of, first time of the day say God I need you I seek you first you see that is one of the ways in which we press in to seek God we press in to seek God by reading the word of God hearing about who God is we, we, we press in to seek God when we reach out and love people that God wants us to love there are all the way, ways in which we're pressing in to touch our God are you pressing in? What are you pressing into? What are you pressing in? What are you dreaming of? What are you dreaming about it for your family? What are you dreaming about for this community? What are you dreaming about for this nation? I want us to press in. Walk, draw press in through faith and trust in God. Come and touch Him. He's always fighting for us. He's the one who's fighting for our brother. He's the one who's fighting for our sister, Swami. Let's come, let's press in, let's ask God to join you in our midst.